0: Shield family and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Brazier and I'm Heather Swan. We're your hosts. Today we're going to give you the opportunity to learn more about our service CEO Jeff Bell. He recently spoke at the Performance Club trip in Atlantis and discussed his why being a challenger of industry and his vision for the company. Here is part one of two from the speech in Atlantis. I'd like to spend just a little bit of time, especially for those that I don't know that well, I'll talk a little bit about myself. They told me that I should talk a little bit about my background and and whatnot, my why. And again, especially if you're new in the business, it's really important that you always remind yourself every day. Why are you pursuing this incredible mission to provide equal access to equal justice for every human being in the planet. Why why are you joining us on a crusade to empower more entrepreneurs to feel the freedom as well as the the challenges of being able to start and prosper in a business? So I'll I'll spend a few moments and, and talk to you about that. The second thing that I want to try and do today is I do want to, I want you to know that you're here because you earned your place here. And and the only challenge that I give to you is please help more people earn their way to all of our trips. And the reason is, is that I do want to continue. What we began today, very purposefully, and that is to talk to you as the leaders that you are in our business, and to give you some ideas of why your belief, however high it may be now, can actually grow even greater because of what is still to come—the things that we are still going to bring to you—and uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. So let me begin with with myself and. Monday with our leadership show uh, in in the five minutes strong, uh, I'm going to to spend a little bit of time focused upon why this is bigger and more powerful than anything that I've done before And, and what are some of the things that I had experiences in doing before and then why this is bigger and better. But let me share that with you today. You know, when I look at the 17 years that I spent in automotive, uh, I spent 12 years at Ford Motor Company, and I spent five years at uh, Daimler Chrysler at the time. Now it's Fiat Chrysler, but at Chrysler, and by the way, just as a, as a frame of reference, uh, I worked with John Pletcher at Chrysler. And even subsequently, uh, we worked together at V-Ride, a van pooling company. He's a very good and long-standing friend. I ask for you to really reach out and connect with John. He is a servant leader to help all of you succeed uh, in business solutions in the field. At that time, working at automotive, I just began doing what I think people born in Oklahoma tend to do. Uh, We just question the status quo. You know, you've got to remember that Oklahoma is the 48th state. It is the last (coughs) continental state in the United States of America. Only Hawaii and Alaska came later. In the history of the state, you may or may not know, it was an Indian territory before it became a state. And the people then that went to this state to try and and start a life, it was the last chance to be able to have land to make a living as a farmer or as a rancher. In fact, the background of of Boomer Sooner is is a very uh, very simple explanation. In fact, it was featured in a film called Far and Away with Tom uh, Cruise and Nicole Kidman. When they opened up the the land, it was free to those that got in line and then they literally shot off a cannon. And those people in line would race into the land and then they would (laughs) claim snake. And those people were boomers. And then there were those people that found a way around the starting line and went and hid in the bushes near a stake and jumped out of the bushes when they heard the canter and they said, this is mine, they're known as Sooners. <laughs> and the University of Oklahoma are the Oklahoma Sooners. They're not the Boomers. They're the Sooners. So, Breaking the rules, but don't break the law, there's a pioneering spirit (laughs) that comes from being in Ada, Oklahoma. You see it in Harlan Stonecipher, Shirley Stonecipher, our founders. Let's give it up again. The service, the world. That, that, I mean, we were talking about it today. By grace of God, we have all of this opportunity because of the 40 years of hard work. And especially for those of you that, that knew them, uh, you know, to, to, to see... The passing of icons and those that are <coughs> with us today uh, because the, their health has kept them at home. But and those of you that are new and don't know, I want you to know the names of the great Dave wow. him. And again, in absentia, an incredible leader. Who I know that the, the the Moore success team is here, but Ken Moore, God bless him, and the work f- that he did for 40 years, side by side with Harlan Solo <clears throat> But I return to my own experience. I'm I'm a sooner born and sooner bred, and when I die, I'll be sooner dead. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in automotive, I just asked the questions that just seemed self-evident to me. And when I was at the Chrysler Corporation, and they asked for me to, to lead the Jeep division, I remember just asking, why don't we have a four-door Wrangler? And they said, Wranglers don't have four doors. <laughs> and i said well maybe it should (laughs) and you know we put four doors on a wrangler and i'll tell you it took off like a rocket it took off like a rocket and again it was just by asking the questions i remember when i was out in uh, the advanced design studio in california cascadia i think or something like that i can't remember the name of the town but I remember seeing a prototype and if you could imagine designing cars the prototypes are about about this big but they're they're exactly the way that they want the car to be but they're about this big they model it and we were looking at an automobile and it was a it was it was a, a an aggressive automobile I mean it was a provocative advanced design and I remember People saying, you know, oh, you know, uh, that's too much. Uh, You know, the belt line, which is literally, if you think about where the top of the door is, where the window begins to go to the roof, that's known as the belt line. People said, that belt line is too high. People will feel like they're in a bathtub. It's too high. The roof, it's too compressed. It's too aggressive. I remember looking at it and saying, man, I just think that's a hot automobile. (laughs) And that automobile, I greenlit, and it became the Chrysler 300C. And yeah, it had a hammer. It had a hammer. And I just by by taking some chances, by asking the questions, I remember when I went to Microsoft, and I could tell you a couple of stories. Um, you know, one, uh, we had a a review of, of what was, was coming up. And I remember you know, a fellow by the name of Albert Pinello, he came to me and he said, this year, we're gonna be able to uh, make the Xbox with different colors. We can we can choose different colors. So we can do maybe special editions. Well, the fact of the matter is, any color other than black didn't actually work very well. Uh, when, it, when we did red or yellow, you could sort of see the uh, you know, where the fastened joints were. So, they, anyway, we, we could do colors as long as it was black. It felt very much like <laughs> And then they said, We're really excited because we've got a 120 gigabyte hard drive accessory. Because the unit just came with a 20 gigabyte hard drive. So, we can sell this accessory, people can upgrade to 120 gigabytes. Now this was in the face of knowing that Sony was going to launch the PlayStation 3 that was coming up, and we knew that they had Blu-ray as a disc, which was a higher quality technology than what we had. We knew that they were going to come out in black, and we knew that their price was going to be a little high. We thought at least it was going to be high. So we had the Xbox. It was white, had a 20 gigabyte hard drive. We'd launched it about a year before. And I remember asking, I said, well, you know, why don't we uh, come out with a black version with 120 gigabyte? You know, maybe it will be a, and put it at a higher price point than we have today, but lower than where the Sony PlayStation will be. I'm like oh, oh no, no. no 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 by the way in gaming newbie is not an endearing term no 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 newbie no by the way noobs is a version of noob no noobs no that's not how we do it in the gaming industry you launch the console and you would never come out with a higher price point. You might lower the price as it gets older, but you never come out with a higher price point with more content or features or anything like that. I said, well, well, why not? (laughs) I mean, we all know, by the way, good, better, best, it's just smart consumer marketing. Good, better, best, people want choice. Choice is good, right? Well, anyway, because I was the Corporate Vice President and the people that didn't agree with me worked for me, I said, I think we should go ahead and do this. <laughs> and that's how we came up with the Xbox Elite. And we sold 38% mix at $100 more than what we were selling, at $100 less than Sony, and guess what? People liked 120 gigabytes more than they like Blu-ray, and we kicked their ass. <laughs> I believe as a culture, we know who we are. I really do. So I don't want to give you the wrong impression in this regard. But I've always worked for challenger brands. When I was at Ford, we were always number two. When I was at Chrysler, quite frankly, we were number three. But I love being able to rally around a focus upon being the underdog and being the challenger. And being able to take on why we need a four-door Wrangler, because we have to reclaim our leadership in 4x4. Four four. Everybody else had a wannabe SUV. We had to be the real thing, the only one. When we looked at, at Chrysler, Chrysler is accessible, luxury. You've got to give a provocative style. You've got to have a Hemi performance engine at a price that people can afford. That's who we are, we've got to take back what we've lost to the Japanese or to the Korean competitors. And Sony dominated the market, quite frankly. But we couldn't just stand by and see the market to them. And so we came out with that Xbox Elite. It absolutely knocked them off their game, and and, and we won won what's known as the console wars uh, against Sony. And then we came back, and I'll explain how, against what was very popular at the time, the Wii, second story for Xbox. So Xbox Live, and Xbox, when I arrived, had a reputation of being what's known as a shooter box. Almost all of the games involved shooting, either other characters or things. And we dominated that space. We dominated that space. But we wanted to do better against Nintendo and against Sony, and so I just asked, well, what are the other categories of games where they do well and we do not do as well? And they said, well, for instance, sports games. Sony does better with mad football, does better with FIFA soccer. Uh, Fast growing category at the time, you know, uh, music. Sony did better with the first Guitar Hero. They had a karaoke uh, game that was very popular. I said, okay. He said, well, role-playing games. This is like Final Fantasy, where Nintendo's very strong. And, and I remember just saying, okay, interesting. And then there were sort of the family-fun, primarily cartoon character-based games, like a a Super Mario, uh, you know, those types of games, Donkey Kong. And we looked at the different opportunities there, and quite frankly, I said, well, there are some areas that are going to be harder for us to do. Uh, Well, we made some attempts, we did things like Viva Piñata, anyone heard of it? Of course you didn't. It was a complete failure. We did have some success bringing back Pac-Man, but let's face it, that game doesn't get any fresher the more you play it. You know, maybe one and done, have a little fun. But that sports thing was intriguing, and so we made the commitment that we were going to do better in sports. And that music thing seemed exciting because it was a growing category and we had just heard that the people that created guitar hero were angry and left angry and they were starting their own company and we had leaned in and talked to them didn't even have a name for what they were doing and one of the things about microsoft is it made keyboards and and mice it made hardware in addition to software and so We we leaned in and talked to these, they were having some trouble with the hardware because they didn't want to use a controller. Guitar Hero had a guitar, they wanted to now build more equipment to do more than just a guitar. And so we leaned in and we said, look, we'll help you solve your technical problems around the hardware, but only if you give us an exclusivity for one full year in the United States, and then for the next year on content to play this game. And that ended up being Rock Band. And that was a game changer for us. That allowed us to dominate that. We actually overtook Sony in Guitar Hero as well. And here then is the last story that I'll share. It's because of something known as Xbox Live, where when I started, it was people on headsets shooting and trash talking <coughs> each other. That's what they did. I remember when they said they were like, "And you can make friends all over the world." <laughs> like, how the hell do you do that when you're trash talking and killing them? I mean, I'm like, and who wants to make a friends with a stranger? I want to make friends with my friends. <laughs> we made a pivot with Rock Band and Guitar Hero, where we said that Xbox Live could download unique content after to keep the game fresh, and the big breakthrough was with the Beatles catalog. And when we were able to have exclusive rights to download the Beatles songs, by the way, introduced to an entire generation the incredible catalog of music of the Beatles, it was a game changer. We followed it with Green Day. We followed it with, with more and more download content. Suddenly a light bulb came on. And I asked the question, why do we only play games on Xbox Live? Why don't we have like TV shows and movies on Xbox Live? (laughs) Like, no, 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 no news. It's a gaming platform. So that's when I met Reed Hastings, and you may or may not know Reed, at the time he was starting up this little company called Netflix, and I said, hey, would you be interested in, at the, at the time I think we had four million, would you be interested in these four million people that are on this platform, maybe if they join Netflix, you know, he'd be like, I'd be really interested in that. <laughs> in fact, I'd pay you money every time they became a Netflix member. And I said, oh, I could probably do that. (laughs) We put them on exclusively for two years. And that, along with Rock Band and Guitar Hero, the fact that we were really aggressive with Madden and FIFA Soccer, we started then to see a change. And the change accelerated. And that's what moved us from 4 million Xbox Live members to the time that I left Microsoft to 12 million. Wow. Wow. So now the backstory of uh, of my first question at at Legal Shield in the fall of 2014. I was listening and talking to people. I literally was listening to member calls. Uh, in our in our wonderful service center in Ada. And, and people would call and say things like, I don't know my member number. <laughs> and they would call and say like, I don't know the number for my law firm. I can't find my member card. And I actually heard other stories where people were like, you know, I was in trouble and you know, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I didn't know where my member card was. I couldn't find my card, I couldn't remember where I put it. And I thought, wow, you know, member card. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I go back to the incredible substance of what was built in prepaid legal. You know, the size was such a huge asset. The dedicated law firm network compared to a random assignment to a random lawyer that our competitors use. I said, there's something here because we expect more and receive more in terms of the responsiveness of the law firms, as well as our private investigators. So I simply asked, because there was, by the way, you should know, there was a project underway to do a mobile application but it was more like a marketing, uh, like you could use it to like show videos or to explain the plan. It was more like a marketing tool. And I, I simply said, I don't think we should do that. I think we should replace the member card and have the app, I'd know who the person is and know who their law firm is and with one touch allow them to call the law firm. I said, I know it's ambitious, but it is on a phone. And if we could have the mobile app make a phone call, I think that would add value. And from that simple idea, that's how we've gotten to where we are today. Thank you for listening to part one. Come back and join us next week for part two of Jeff Bell's Atlantis speech. We would love to hear your feedback and any ideas you have for the show by going to legalshield.com forward slash podcast review. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. We are Legal Shield and we are just getting started. Legal Shield makes no guarantee or promise of income or business as results are determined by the efforts of those individuals who market Legal Shield plans as independent associates. These experiences are specific to each independent associate's efforts, abilities and motivation. For statistics on actual earnings, please review the income disclosure statement at opportunity.legalshield.com. This audio was edited for time.